Hello, and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending career successfully in today's landscape. Sales is changing all the time. With new trends, new products, and new needs from clients, a career in sales can be an interesting and dynamic experience. This career path is not spoken about a lot when students are in university, and in particular, not to young women in university. The Fidelity Sales Panel today believes that sales is a great career opportunity for women and wanted to share what the role is like in retail, institutional, and clearance business units. Laura Mustard, Manager of Business Development Representatives, discusses what a career in sales at Fidelity looks like with some of Fidelity's best sales representatives. The Fidelity Sales Panel discusses how they began their career in sales and what attracted them to begin their career at Fidelity. They also discuss how technology is changing sales and what skills and traits you can develop to also have a successful career in sales. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. So, Lauren, maybe I can kick it off to you to uh, share an introduction of yourself with the group. Sure. Thank you, Laura, and thank you to everyone for joining us here today. Um, My name is Lauren Gardy. I work as a business development manager at Fidelity. I've been in my current role for a little bit over a year and joined Fidelity about two years ago. I joined the firm with experience working with a financial advisor in Waterloo while I was in school and also from co-oping at a competitor fund company. So right now in my role, I'm partnered with close to a thousand advisors downtown Toronto So the territory is very interesting in the sense that we manage a lot of really big bank brokers, some of who manage over a billion dollars in assets. So these relationships, my wholesaler has been in the territory for over a decade. He's been working to build up for the whole time that he's been here. The sales cycle with these brokers is quite long, but it is very rewarding once we're able to get an allocation in their models. Uh, What I love about this territory is that we also cover some big Sun Life offices who are valued partners and have a bit of a different strategy and the sales cycle with them is a bit shorter. So there's lots of diversity within the territory that I cover and we're able to learn a lot from these advisors and how they all manage their business in a little bit of a different way. So thank you. And we'll turn it over to Kirsten next, who's in a similar role, but a different territory altogether. Kirsten. Thanks, Laura. Hi, everyone. My name is Kirsten Eveland and I'm a senior business development manager here at Fidelity. I'm a graduate from the Gustafson School of Business at the University of Victoria. I'm a chartered investment manager, and I'm currently working towards the CFA designation as well. So in my role, I work with financial advisors across central Alberta, and this role is very relationship-based, and my goal is to connect advisors with the best that Fidelity has to offer. And this can really differ depending on the advisor, but it can range from analyzing model portfolios, recommending Fidelity products, hosting investor seminars, and so much more. Um, I've been at Fidelity for about four and a half years, and I feel very lucky to say that I love my job. I'm also very excited to be here today, and I look forward to answering any questions that you guys have. Thank you. Tracy, over to you to uh, introduce yourself and our institutional business at Fidelity. Thanks, Laura. My name is 
Tracy Wong, and I work within the institutional business. I lead the um, consultant relations effort, and I've been with uh, the firm for uh, coming on almost 24 years. Um, it's uh, been a great journey. Uh, the institutional business is a very um, technical and long process uh, business. So um, patience is a virtue on the side of the fence. But it is also a very much um, similar to Kirsten, this is very much to uh, a relationship building um, type of business as well. Uh, they're very technical buyers um, and the consultants uh, are very technical in that nature. The, uh, the consultants are, you might've heard, um, people such as actuaries um, and, uh, and they operate like uh, accountants, I will say. And you mentioned a longer sales cycle where patience is a virtue. How long generally does that, does it take from start to finish, a beginning yeah. of a sale to ending a sale? It could go from as short as 12 months up to three years. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a longer, that's a long time. <laughs> and I think on our, on our retail side of things, it would be, it would be shorter and we can, we can hear from the two ladies we heard from uh, earlier as well to sort of round out that that experience. But I want Joel to introduce himself uh, off the top two from our clearing side. Joel. Thanks, Laura. Joel Bernard, Head of Sales and Relationship Management with Fidelity Clearing Canada. Um, unlike uh, some of our earlier speakers, still a relative newbie. Um, a little over two years I've been with uh, Fidelity. Previous to that, um, was with uh, what was once a startup company, but for over 20 years we built, built the company out. Um, Fidelity Clearing, um, rather than dealing with the advisors, quite often will deal with the firms that represent those advisors. So we're more of a B2B platform supporting full service brokers, portfolio managers, in some cases, ultra high net worth family offices uh, for you know some of Canada's billionaires in a, lot of, in a number of instances. We also support trading for, from foreign firms looking to access the Canadian markets. Um, similar to Tracy, very long sales cycle. Um, there's no kind of easy button that they can move their business to us in most instances. And it's a very collaborative process where take a lot of time to understand their business needs and uh, work to kind of meet those needs. Go back to Lauren for, for before I ask her the next question, because you mentioned your sales cycle was different between different clients that you had too. So just to kind of round out how those are all different across all of the business units that we're chatting about, what when you mentioned a long and a short sales cycle, what's that like in your business? Yeah, it really depends on the advisor and what current needs are. The thing that I love about this industry is that it changes so much all the time. There's new trends emerging, new products that Fidelity is bringing to market. So new needs pop up for our clients as well. So we recently closed a large trade earlier this year, which was a relationship that we've, my wholesaler has been carrying for over five years of just meeting with the clients, keeping doors open, letting them know about products. And finally, it was a good combination of timing what the, what the advisor need and a solution on Fidelity's product shelf that led to a good, uh, good outcome for the advisor and a win for us as well on the sales side. Very cool. And I think that's maybe one of the misconceptions potentially that students without a lot of exposure to sales could have, that it's really transactional and impersonal. But really what I've heard from all of you today is that it's about relationship building and, and long-term relationships with your clients and really being a, a, a partner and a, and a consultant to their business. So Lauren, I'll stick with you 
and wanted to hear about what made you interested in pursuing a career in sales and what about the financial industry in particular? Yeah, I love this question, Laura, and there's a bit of a story for it. And you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I remember in my second year at Laurier when I came back from a co-op term and I started telling all my friends that I really wanted to be an investment sale wholesaler at Fidelity Investments. And they all looked at me like I was a little bit crazy being a business student. And they're like, how did you find this niche job? What is it? Like, tell me a little bit more. They'd maybe heard about Fidelity, but hadn't really heard too much about the sales side. But the story aspect of this is that I was working with a financial advisor in Waterloo on my co-op term, and she was a really strong female mentor for me. And she brought me to a lot of lunch meetings, a lot of events that she attended to learn more about the industry. So one lunch meeting that we went to was actually with the Fidelity Wholesaler, who was a young female that I really looked up to and got along with great right off the bat. So her and I went out for coffee and I learned a little bit more about what she did. And what really drew me to the role in sales was exactly the relationship aspect of it. I, I worked as a waitress throughout university as well, and really just found that I had a natural curiosity for people and an underlying desire to want to help people in a sense or help them have a good experience. So combining that with my interest in financial planning and investing, and it really just seems like a perfect career path for me to go down. Very cool. And Joel, you mentioned in your intro that you considered yourself a relative newbie to the to the to fidelity even though you've been here for for two years uh what made you you know even in your previous experience before joining the firm what attracted you to fidelity and then what's kept you here ever ever since what uh what really attracted me um was was the brand reputation and if i'm being honest uh the clearing was a much smaller uh part of fidelity's business uh even just a couple of years ago, uh, we've had some uh, some pretty uh, exceptional growth over the last little while. But I was just very familiar with the reputation of Fidelity, and quite frankly, uh, the reputation um, for the caliber of people who are my colleagues uh, that that are here here today on this panel. As you can probably uh, tell, very accomplished, very well spoken uh, professionals. Um, and just had that reputation in the industry on on the street, so that that really attracted me. Um, being here now, um, what really excites me and what I love love is, you know, again, my background was either from a startup firm or from one of Canada's biggest banks. Um, both of them had uh, some benefits of obviously a large organization, sometimes the resources, a startup, you know, being really entrepreneurial um, to uh, coin uh, Hannah Montana's phrase, we've got the best of both worlds. Um, and I truly believe that in the sense of it's a private corporate, it's a private company, and we can uh, be really entrepreneurial and inquisitive in certain areas. Um, I'm putting together a group next week talking about the metaverse and the implications of the metaverse on our businesses, on the changes. And I have access to, I've been in correspondence uh, this past week with people in Hong Kong who are studying this and people in the UK um, certainly would never have had those kind of resources. Um, but you also require, you know, an inquisitive entrepreneurial nature, which a lot of the times some of these bigger organizations just don't have. They really kind of stick to their knitting and certainly you, you don't have that that global reach, uh, which, is, which is so exciting. And, and certainly for myself, from a development standpoint, allows me to continue my career, continue to learn and, and develop and, and meet the needs of our clients. Perfect. 
Kirsten, you had mentioned that you started your role or started at Fidelity kind of early on in your career. So I'm wondering if you can mention um, what, if any, learning curve there was when you got started. Um, and and then you also mentioned that you were working on your CFA or, or had your CFA already. So we do have a question from the audience as well that says, do you think the CFA is really helpful when you apply for jobs at Fidelity? They are preparing for their level three, but not sure if it will apply in real life situations. So maybe you can answer that in two parts and maybe it's it's kind of the same story, but a learning curve that you had joining Fidelity and then maybe the value of the CFA as well. For sure. Yeah. So why don't we just start with the value of the CFA? So I don't have my CFA yet. I'm going to be writing level two uh, in just over three weeks. And congrats on whoever asked that question for uh, writing level three. I'm very jealous. Hopefully I can be there soon. But personally, for me, I actually do not have a degree in finance. I do have a Bachelor of Commerce degree, but my whole focus was on marketing. And I think the CFA has been one of the best learning experiences I've ever done. Now, I don't want anyone to be intimidated thinking that you have to have your CFA to get a job in sales at Fidelity. You definitely don't, but in my opinion, from an educational standpoint, it really helps. So yes, even though I do have that Bachelor of Commerce degree, no major in finance. And you know, when I first entered university, I thought I wanted to go into marketing. And the reason why I thought marketing was I kind of had it in my head that marketing was about being a people person and being outgoing and finance, you're just gonna be staring at spreadsheets all day. And uh, I just really wanted that relationship aspect. I've always loved customer service, kind of similar to Lauren being in the service industry throughout high school and university. That's really what I wanted to do. So after doing some co-ops and marketing, I realized that I did not like it at all and that I wanted to go into sales. So when I first started at Fidelity, to be honest, I didn't really know anything about investing or finance, but it didn't matter. And I think Melissa did a really good job touching on the training aspect that Fidelity provides you with. So I've done a ton of training throughout my four and a half years at Fidelity, and they also put a big emphasis on continuing your education too. So they've supported me throughout getting my Canadian securities course, um, getting my chartered investment manager designation. They're currently supporting me throughout my CFA designation. So you know what? Don't be intimidated if you're not really interested in finance or you feel like finance slash investing is a boys club, because in my opinion, it doesn't feel that way, especially at Fidelity. I feel incredibly supported, not just by, by my female coworkers, but my male coworkers and same thing on the client front too. Um, so yes, there was a learning curve, but just be rest assured that you'll be very supported and good for you for doing your CFA. I definitely encourage it for anyone, um, but it is a lot of work. So just prepare yourself. Definitely. And I want to change gears a little bit, and I'm going to come to Tracy with this question uh, that we got from the audience. It's about how technology is changing sales. Um, and what are the specific skills or traits to cultivate as someone who's already excited about technology, but thinking that they might to have a career in Yeah, technology has definitely changed sales. I mean, uh, pre-pandemic, um, it was it in the on the institutional side very much face to face um i'll say institutional is um probably the more old school uh type of selling so definitely face to face once we hit um you know the pandemic fidelity was very good uh in terms of pivoting uh through technology so we hit zoom quite well 
mm-hmm. uh, MS Teams, um, all, all of those tools uh, were, were um, very, very useful. And I'll say post-pandemic, um, it will be even more useful. I think um, selling in the virtual world is here to stay, very, very much so. Um, you know, we, we're only hit the surface with, with Zoom. There's a lot of uh, conferences that on the institutional side, we, we must go to, to be, um, to be out there uh, in the market and to be seen. And a lot of that now is conducted virtually. They, they'll make up for it using breakout, breakout rooms where you'll be able to network with um, the customer, which in our case are major corporations. Um, so it's, it, the digital platform will definitely be the way of the future. And maybe Lauren, you could answer that question as well. Um, on the retail side, what technology are you using in your job now that's maybe different than it was when you first started? Yeah, the sales process that we use and the technology we have access to is incredible now. Like I, this morning was able to record a video of myself giving a sales pitch and embed it in an email and send it directly to our clients. And any marketing piece that I send, I can send with a live tracking link. So I can see if they clicked on it, what page they look at and for how long. We also now have access to automate meeting booking as well. So I can just send time slots and the client can pick on what time they want to meet with me, which is one of my favorites as that was a very tedious task to reference a whole bunch of calendars. So that's really cool. On top of that, like we hosted a virtual stake event with our clients. Part of this role and a lot of everyone's favorite part of the role was the entertainment side, whether it be concerts downtown, dinners, lunches, a lot of client entertainment. Now we're able to do that virtually and our clients all got steaks delivered to their house and then they tune into a Zoom event and it's a really great way to connect with people. I've actually I haven't met any of my clients in person since I started in this role virtually, but I've seen the inside of their condo similarly to how you're seeing the inside of mine and quite common you'll also meet their pets and other family members as well. So a hybrid model I would love to move to eventually, but for now with uh, utilizing the technology and being digital, it's been a really good experience. Very cool. Yeah, we've kind of swung to the to one end of the pendulum and we'll swing back hopefully in the middle going forward. Um, Joel, a question from the audience again. What is the biggest obstacle that you've overcome in your career and what did you learn? Uh, it's, good. It's, good. it's a good question. I, I think, um, and, I, and I'll share something that's it's both getting maybe uh, personal and, and work related. Um, I historically um, not comfortable doing what I'm doing now, really presenting. Um, you know, we all have different paths and journeys of who we are. I grew up being dyslexic. Um, so presenting when I was a kid in front of the class, not being able to read, just, you know, got laughed at and teased. And so I think that was probably the biggest. Um, one of the things that even in the last two and a half years, I've been put in much more of that position to do these things and, and support it in different ways. That just wasn't always required. You know, I was absolutely fine in a group of a, a dozen people in a meeting room. I, I actually thrived on, on in those environments. Um, but that's probably one of the biggest. And really, it's uh, putting yourself out there, putting yourself in position. And with an organization that's that's comfortable with that. I think we all have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, it's, it's finding that kind of right environment. And, and I think, uh, you know, Kelly Creelman, I, I happened to jump on when she was talking earlier. It's wonderful, you know, while it's been only two years to work with people you can, truly care about and work together with in a, in, a, in a great fashion and are supportive and, and really have, have found that. But that would probably be mine. Awesome. 
Uh, Tracy, changing gears again, when you think about a career in sales, what are the most important attributes to have personally or to work on as university students to get ready for a career in sales? I'd say I'd bucket it into uh, two buckets. Um, the first would be uh, the, the technical bucket, which is, you know, it's, it's not, we talked about CFA quite a bit. It's not mandatory to have a CFA. It is very good to have because at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about investment. So um, it, it, it would be good to have a CFA or an MBA. I would say I myself, I got an MBA. So that really helps with the technical aspect of it. The other part while we're on, on the technical aspect is diversify your knowledge a little bit. On the institutional side, you know, we talk to corporations in many different sectors, energy, healthcare, financial, the government sector. So one need not go deep into um, each of these sectors, but to have a broad understanding um, for each of these sectors will really help with um, the conversations that you would have. And then if you move on to the second bucket, I would call it more the soft skills. And it's probably was spoken about at length today, um, but soft skills are very, very much needed. And, and it is all around relationship building. Um, I'd say, you know, 70 to 80% of um, sales is being a good listener. One would think that you're selling, so you have to keep talking, but it's actually listening. Listen to your customer, listen to what their needs are, listen to what problem they're looking to solve. Be curious while you're doing that. Be flexible and adaptable and creative. Um, all of those things to building really good relationships because at the end of the day, you want to be their trusted advisor. You want them to come back to you um, to buy more. And, and that is, uh, that is the, the way to do it because, and you have to do it with sincerity. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Very important. Christian, we're a BDR at one point. Is that right? Okay, good. That's correct. Yep. <laughs> Making sure I have my facts straight. Some advice for being successful at Fidelity and standing out while you're a BDR. So just to recap, the BDR is the entry-level sales position on the retail side of things. And Kirsten and Lauren have come up through that path. So Person, what advice would you have for, for someone that's starting out in that role? My advice is to network within the company, especially within the retail sales um, uh, department, especially. So for anyone that's a BDR, you're going to learn so much about the back office processes, about you know how an RRSP account is structured, about how a TFSA account is structured. But then you also want to try to get exposure to what the sales side is going to be like. And one unfortunate thing about being virtual is that you're not going to be in the office with everyone where the sales team is only a few feet away and you can meet everyone and see them. You're going to be a little bit more isolated. So my recommendation is reach out to different salespeople and say, hey, can we set up a 15 minute Zoom just to chat? Or, hey, can I job shadow you and join you in one of your client meetings? And to be honest, so many of us in sales have been in the BDR role before. So for me, I can sympathize with you because I've been in your position. I've been through almost all of the different sales positions here at Fidelity, except for the final one, DVP, but that's okay. Maybe one day. <laughs> but when, you know, I've been there and I've been in your shoes. And so I'm more than happy to help you and give you my advice. So that's my number one tip is just network and reach out to people. And the worst thing they can say is no, which I would be shocked if anyone ever said no to you. I think that's that's one of the biggest benefits of Fidelity. I've I've 
taken advantage of that myself multiple, multiple, multiple times over the course of my career. And it's one of the things that I really appreciate and has kept me here in the long run, um, for sure. Uh, what is the best advice that you have ever received during your career? So maybe I'll uh, ask Lauren this one to uh, to start. And if there's anyone else that wants to chime in afterwards, please do. The best advice I got, which I had never really thought about it from this perspective before, but was that in the beginning of your career, you really need to develop your own corporate personality. So you want to do something to make yourself interesting, stand out, as Kirsten kind of mentioned, you're um, looking to get promoted and move on to the next role. You need to be memorable and interesting, obviously, in a professional way. And you can do those, do those things through networking, building your brand, and also just investing in yourself in terms of education, if that's going to be doing any external finance-related courses, and even just at a company like Fidelity so early in your career that gives you that leg up and that training really is what stood out to me in making my personal career choice and just helping me build a brand that I wanted for my future. Very cool. Selling yourself uh, in the firm and outside of the firm, I guess, too. <laughs> for Joel specifically, what was your role in the startup environment that you mentioned? Uh, people are curious to know that. And then how did you leverage that experience coming into you know, a larger company like Fidelity? I guess I started out in charge of kind of business development for that organization. They ended up tended to focus more on partnering with, with credit unions but expanded to basically all financial institutions outside of the big, big banks because uh, we were promoting online brokerage uh, in, a, in a white label format. And I ended up, um, prior to coming to uh, Fidelity, running that online brokerage as well as a robo-advisor. And uh, I, I was able to leverage that as really understanding both sides um, of a relationship. So, you know, as far as talking about skills and in, in for sales, certainly when it comes to institutions, um, there's base product knowledge. But I think what's allowed me to success be successful is that uh, being inquisitive. I don't fully understand your business, so tell me about this. How do you do this? What's important? So you're trying to accomplish that, really understanding, and then when you can appreciate it from their side. It helps you be more successful to make sure you're making them aware of, of all the, the benefits that Fidelity brings to the table um, rather than just coming into a meeting. Here's what I want to tell them and what's important for me here. Well, I, I don't know that until you, you've had that inquisitive nature. So uh, I guess having having been in shoes of what are now clients of uh, Fidelity uh, was, was quite useful. Very cool. This, this panel so interesting to me too because you all the university students on the line are you know getting to learn from everyone on the panel of what they did early on and not have done and then I might wanted might have not wanted to do and and now that we're just going to be so much further ahead potentially as we as we all start our, our careers Lauren and Kirsten coming back to you what has changed uh, we, we kind of touched on on technology changing the way we did business, but specifically in a work from home world, um, what has changed in how you do business with clients and what's maybe temporary and what's to stay? So I'll start uh, with Lauren on this one. Sure. So I talked about the technology changes a little bit and how our client interactions have changed, but notably something else is interaction with colleagues. So the dynamic in the office before I had, I think about four colleagues that I actually went to school with. So it's a quite a young atmosphere on the sales floor. 
and it's very interactive. You can kind of just stand up and as Kirsten said earlier, no one will really say no to helping you. So we went from this super collaborative, really interacting, engaging environment to working from home. And that was at first a little bit isolating, but I feel now it's come to a point where almost more and more connected. I think I'm in five or more different team chats where if you have a question, you can pop it out there and someone's willing to answer quite quickly or we share ideas around very quickly. We've come up with really good sales and marketing mashup webinars where we just had one yesterday and heard some really good ideas from other sales teams. So collaboration now, I would say, has increased from when we were in the office and it's a really good way. It's What I really like about Fidelity is that it is sales and every team is sort of covering their own clients and competing in a way, but it is really this great all coming together team aspect of each individual sales team wanting to help each other out and share ideas. And it just really makes all of us better. So that collaboration has been really beneficial for our client interactions for sure. Excellent. And Kirsten, anything you would add? Yeah, I think I would just add that when it comes to our client interactions, geography doesn't matter anymore. So for us, we cover central Alberta and there's definitely going to be some smaller communities outlining it. And maybe I have a few clients that are three hours away and typically myself or my wholesaler, we would have to get in our car, drive three hours to go meet with these clients and then drive three hours home or spend the night at a hotel. And now that doesn't matter. We can quickly hop on Zoom. And what else is really cool is me being able to share my screen and do live comparisons for clients. I can go into my Morningstar. Oh, you're using this competitor fund. Let's pull it up and take a peek and see how it looks. And even just to build on the conversation around building trust with clients and building relationships, I think something else that's really important is just being honest and transparent. So for example, if someone's holding a really good competitor fund, I'll acknowledge that. I'll say, you know what? This fund actually is really, really strong. I don't see any red flags with it, but guess what? Here's what we have at Fidelity that will complement it. And I find that our advisors really appreciate that where it doesn't look like I'm desperate for the sale or that I'm trying to cherry pick information or cover things up. So I think that's something that is um, pretty unique with the virtual environment is being able to do these live comparisons. And I think what Lauren was touching on earlier when it comes to virtual events, that's really nice in terms of geography not matting, mattering anymore, but I'm definitely excited to be doing in-person events again, because I think there's a lot of value to being with someone face-to-face. -face. As much as a virtual cooking class is fun, I think doing it in person is even that much better. So once we get the green light, um, I'm super excited for us to do that again. Yeah, and hopefully sooner than later, because I think our clients and and employees are, are all excited to get back to that yep. whenever, whenever we can do so that when it's safe and, and good for everyone. What is one skill or trait that you need to be successful in sales from your perspective? So Tracy, we'll hear from you first. I think, you know, if there's just one that I can say, I will say, you know, a relationship building skill and, and what goes into that bucket is so many different things. Um, but I think that that skill is very much needed because the future of sales is going to be much, um, much based on relationships and it'll be more consultative. Excellent. Lauren. I would say optimistic and really just an ability to see challenges as opportunities and being willing to learn and grow from failure. Joel. I'm going to say um, agile and willingness to adapt. I do think sales and the type of individuals we're going to sell to in our our business is going to change like never never before the, the 
the, the rapidness of that change, the type of channels we'll sell to is going to change. So being inquisitive, understanding um, is, is going to be uh, incredibly important. Kirsten. I think being authentic and being true to yourself. So for example, as a young female, I don't really know much about sports and I'm not going to try to pretend like I know everything about sports when talking with clients, knowing that they like sports, but I'm going to ask them questions and try to be curious about their interests instead of trying to come across as fake and thinking, oh yeah, I know everything about football when I actually don't know anything about football. So. <laughs> Very cool. So like adaptability, relationships, being authentic, hopefully those, I love all of those words and skills. And I hope that for some of the folks on the line today, those aren't what you thought coming into the sales panel that would be really important things that you needed. So hopefully that's changed your perspective a bit. And in our last rapid fire question, the uh, I'm looking for some advice for students that are looking to start their career in sales in this industry. What What can we leave them with today? So I'll start with Joel. I think just given the nature of where you are in your careers, it's as corny as it sounds, it's education, but education can come in, in various forms. Uh, you know, think about it as a house, you're building a really solid foundation for your career, uh, whether it's taking your CFA, uh, CSC, uh, whether it's getting a mentor um, or uh, spending some time with someone who's in uh, the, the industry like uh, some of my colleagues have. Um, I think that's uh, something I would certainly be spending and leaning into at this this point in your careers. Tracy, I would say be curious. Be curious. Try different things. It all adds up in in your toolbox, and you'll be able to use it one day. Kirsten. I would say network, um, leverage LinkedIn as much as possible. Even throughout this, my phone's been buzzing and a few of you guys have added me on LinkedIn and one of you even messaged me, which is fantastic. So do that, reach out to people. If there's a career or a job at a company in your city that you're interested in, search up people at that company, at that city, reach out to them and just ask questions and I'm sure they will respond and help you out. And last but not least, Lauren. Those are all amazing. Network is mine as well. And specifically, find some some strong female mentors in the industry that can help guide your career as well that you can look up to. And as my colleagues have mentioned, I'm always more than happy to mentor anyone on the call as well. I've had some great mentors both at Fidelity and outside in the industry. So definitely happy to return the favor there. Excellent. Well, thank you to all of our panelists today for filling us in on your experience with sales at Fidelity as different and similar as it is across the different business units that we chatted about. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcasts on your podcast platform of choice. 